Hey there, this is Ben Currier, self-proclaimed world's number one failure. In this podcast, we'll learn about the hardest moments my guests faced and the failures they endured on their path towards making it. I hope you enjoy. Hey, it's Ben here, and in addition to this podcast, I also teach Microsoft Excel online. Visit ExcelExposure.com for more information and use the coupon code FAILURE for 20% off of the lifetime access to the course. Stay tuned after the episode for a little bit more information as to why it's so important to improve your Excel skills and unlock your inner Excel ninja. Thanks. Hey there, friends of failure, and welcome to this week's episode of the Failure Guy podcast. This week, I have a extremely special guest, uh, a friend of mine from way back in the day, probably my oldest friend that at least I know of. It's Joey Leone. Hey, Joe. How are you, buddy? What's up, Ben? How we doing, brother? I am doing great. How are you doing? I should have gotten a nice roast beef sandwich to to just eat in front of you, just to to tempt you. Just bringing it up makes me just hurts mad. I know when you come back to the north the North Shore area of Boston, you uh you always visit Nick's what 10, 12 times in three days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, uh, I'm there all the time. I basically just set up a cot. But what's weird is people outside of Boston don't know what roast beef sandwiches are, at least in the way we do. They, The closest thing they, they can think of is Arby's. But it's like if Arby's was good, good. or amazing. Shall, shall I describe it? Yeah, please help me. All right. So uh, when you get a roast, and it's not even like a Boston. It's more or less like north of Boston. I mean, you can go to Kelly's and get one in Boston, but it's like a North Shore thing, really. Like, oh, is it? It's kind of North Shore. I could probably name forty different, forty different named places. Go ahead. So, <clears throat> Nick's has kind of fallen off. Nick's was the goat for a long time, but Athas in Peabody is is kind of the goat now. Okay. So when when we talk about a roast beef sandwich, we don't mean like a cold deli roast beef sandwich. We mean a slow roasted, huge roast beef that's cooked for like six or eight hours, seasoned on a slicer, slice super thin, so thin on an onion, on a toasted onion roll with um, what's the name of the barbecue sauce? I'm blanking on that. Mine's James River. James River is what Nick's James River, James River, you know, mayo and cheese, American cheese. And that's a three way. So you'd say super beef three way drowned in sauce that's how i order mine and the thing's going to be this thick the onion roll this big around probably a good pound pound and a half and and that's how it is you go i mean you you can get one like south of the city and stuff but the, the further south you go it's they get worse and worse i mean they have them in new hampshire now but you can't like you go anywhere else yeah rhode island you're not you you ask for a roast beef with barbecue sauce like in rhode island or something you're getting a deli roast beef cold roast beef sandwich like normal barbecue sauce too yeah so and it's got like the onion rolls got to be toasted to hold that just mound of you know three inches thick of sliced roast beef and oh it's so good i want i'm more of a junior beef guy i go junior beef three ways if i'm really hungry i'll do two of those pussy <laughs> i don't i don't know i mean yeah, I like but you to get, get three a day when you come here you <laughs> can just get two supers that's true i um always get extra stuff too like onion rings and stuff too plus i yeah. i don't eat that much but when i do it's it's next so i was there back back in august though it was amazing next is still amazing in my eyes uh kelly's was terrible i always didn't like kelly's but i was amazed how terrible it was after all this time last time i went to nick's the buns were touching each other that's how little roast beef they had in there athas even if you get a a junior roast beef at athas it's still like inch and a half thicker roast beef, but the super was like, and still I'm disgusting. It, it literally took me maybe two and a half minutes. I shame ate that right in front of the big glass window of people like eating their meals. And I was like, Ugh. I even have like a, I call it the eat towel. I keep an eat towel in my car and uh, you know, I, I drape it over myself when I eat something like that. And like my wife was, my wife was in the car and she's like, do you have any napkins? I don't want to mess up my job. I'm like, use the eat towel. She's like, Babe, that's disgusting. I'm like, but it works. Like, you need to rebrand that. Eat towel is a terrible name. Come on. I'm not trying to sell it, Ben. Towel eat. Towel eat. 
Make sure if you're going to eat a massive roast beef, use an eat towel. Um, to be clear, neither of us work for a roast beef place or really have any uh, stake in any of it besides the fact that we love eating them. We just love roast beef. And uh, and if anybody goes to Boston, just go north of Boston. There's a million named places. Apparently, Athens is good to try. I'd say Nick's roast beef, but there's even multiple Nick's, you know? Athens. Athens or Pete's roast beef in Woburn. They become pretty good. I think Mikey's in Beverly. But since this is a worldwide podcast, we will move along to uh, you telling us, or at least the listeners, a little bit about you. What's What's the deal, Joe? Well, I live uh, north of the city in uh, a cozy little Italian suburb called Medford. I'm a carpenter for a cabinet company, and uh, my wife is an architect who works in the city. We've been married uh, just about four years now, and uh, she's amazing, and I love her. And COVID was kind of strange for me. I, I, you know, dealt with depression, anxiety. Um, recently diagnosed bipolar, but, uh, um, during COVID I had gotten addicted to, to ketamine, um, while I was treating, treating myself self-diagnosed, well, not self-diagnosed, but self, uh, medicating, self-medicating and, uh, things kind of went haywire there. And, uh, my life went from pretty normal to pretty screwed up and almost threw away my whole marriage and everything only like a four month period. So. What's going to be interesting is that last time we saw each other, my life was in turmoil and I didn't really know any of this shit was going on with you. So it'll be good to hear. Uh, I mean, it won't be good to hear based on what you just said, but it'll be nice to uh, get updated on on where you're at. I don't think at that point I was using um, the ketamine. Last time I saw you, we were in uh, Denver for Fish and J-Rad. And- yeah, yeah. August 2019. Right. I, I just I started using um the ketamine. I mean, I used it recreationally. Uh, full disclosure, um, I've been known to party and, uh, you know, I, I like to do, you know, some LSD or some mushrooms at a show or uh, or whatnot, like I'm sure a lot of people do. And um, yeah, I just had used it um, recreationally once at an after party. And while most of my friends who use it were kind of like on the couch in another world, I noticed I had like energy and uh, I was seeing things differently and clear and uh, it, it wasn't putting me on my ass like it was everyone else. And it was really just an amazing feeling. It was like the ultimate antidepressant. And like I said, I dealt with suicidal thoughts and depression and everything my whole life. And just like, like you had mentioned before, dealt with it, you know, like this, stop thinking like that, you know, get over it and pull yourself up and, you know, no one wants to hear that shit, you know, like, so mm-hmm. never really dealt with uh, getting medicated or anything. So the kid who had given me uh, the ketamine uh, that night, I got in touch with him. I was like, hey, can you get me more of that? And had just gotten like a small amount, like maybe a gram and um, started using, you know, a very small amount before work every day. I uh, didn't take it with me to work or anything. And then it would, you know, it would put me in a great mood in the morning and it just kind of like start my day in a whole different direction. And uh, that's how it went for maybe a couple of weeks. And then I noticed like throughout the day, it wasn't wasn't getting me through my day anymore. The amount I did in the morning started becoming greater and greater. As soon as I was getting home from work, I was doing it, you know, like uh, like anything. It just it got out of control. Yeah, because it's uh, a disassociate. You don't you don't really care about like anything while you're on it, like money and i wasn't worried about how am i gonna afford to pay because obviously the amounts went up every week and everything and at first my wife was on board because she she hadn't realized how bad my depression had gotten and so you know the way i was kind of normalizing it to her was it's either this or i'm gonna kill myself you know which is a shitty thing to do to someone give them an ultimatum like i'm either gonna be a drug addict or i'm gonna kill myself and so at first she's like, well, as long as you're not hurting yourself and, you know, you're not going to do this long term. And a couple months into using it, I shot a pin nail into my thumb at work and I had to go to the doctor to get it out because it was like in the joint and I couldn't I couldn't see. It. I tried like digging at it and pulling out. I couldn't get to it. It was like in the I knew it was in there and I couldn't get it out. So I had to go to the doctor. 
and uh, I was on ketamine while I was in the doctor's office because I was on it every day. And, you know, I told him like, hey, while I'm here, you know, I know you can't tell anyone this. I'm like, I've been using ketamine every day, like microdosing with it and for depression. And the doctor was like super intrigued by it and didn't really give me any, didn't say anything negative about it. He was like, well, how much are you using? And I might've said I was using a little less than I really was, you know, at that time I probably was using about a gram a day. I don't even know what's a normal amount. I don't even know what people use when they take it. People don't, it's such, people don't use it like that. It's not even like a, it usually is the thing you say when the, you go to K hole or whatever, and it's like yeah, like it's a, like I never went into a K hole because I was never doing like a big line of it, you know. I would do the I I'd even bought these little like necklaces that had like you know like cruel intention. She had that like little dug out. She could do like a bump and coke every time she wanted. I don't know if you ever saw a movie, but forever ago, I like went on Amazon and found found little necklaces that had little like spoons attached to them, so I could wear them around my neck at work and like. I do little like bumps in the bathroom. Like it was, it, it turned into this really weird thing. Like, and then at one time I went to my dealer's house and he was like, had a pie plate over um, like a thing of boiling water. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just cooking it off. I'm getting off all the impurities. Like if you mix it like a gram with like 10 grams of water and then cook it off, it gets off anything and it becomes like, so then I started doing that. And that really freaked my wife, wife out. She's like, dude, what are you doing? Like you look like a crackhead making crack. Like, so it got really weird, but she was still being supportive as a wife, you know, um, and nothing had really happened yet that had was cause for alarm. So then we were at a party one night and they had a nitrous tank. So we were doing a couple balloons and I was doing balloons and ketamine that night. And I, uh, I puddled or whatever you want to call it, ego death. Um, I don't know if you've ever fishing out. Is that a term fishing, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And I was just in this a whole other dimension going through this weird thing. And uh, when I came, when I was half in it, I, I was like, well, what if she's not there when I get back? And my wife said, who? And I was like, Kat, which is my wife's name. She's like, what the fuck, babe? Like she got super creeped out. So that night she was like, I really don't want you using this stuff anymore. I think it's bad for you. Like you really freaked me out last night you knocked me over when you when you blacked out and everything. And, and so I told her, okay, I'm, I'll, t I'll take a break from this stuff. You know, I might've went a day and then just like behind her back to start using it. Cause like, I couldn't stop the feeling of just like no depression. No, like I was creating stuff. I was making like plant hangers and making jewelry and making necklaces and earrings and like, like painting and like making art, you know, like I was like, being productive, creative, all that stuff. Yeah, I wanted to make this business. Like I made it a bit, I made a business, well hung plant designs. Like I started collecting like antique bottles and like the way I was funding this all was my dealer would take PayPal credit. And I had like a six or eight thousand dollar credit limit on my PayPal credit. So I just show up and be like, hey man, I don't have cash. And then, you know, I'd buy like a quarter ounce, half ounce of ketamine and it'd be like eight hundred, twelve hundred dollars. Obviously, I couldn't afford to pay that ever. And I and then after a little while, my friends kind of got on board with it. They're like, this ketamine stuff looks great. Can we try some? And then and then they started, you know, so now I'm getting it for that my friends and I'm going to see my guy like a lot more than I normally would. So I'm just really just blasting through the stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. So um and credit cards are the worst. It's like free money and then and then later it's not. It's like way expensive money. Right. Hate it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty terrible. So, you know, my wife ends up finding out I'm still doing it. Obviously I have, it's really hard to hide too. Like it will be like a ring around your nose and then like you'll wipe it off and think you're good. And then five seconds later, once like once moisture like dries and the air gets to it, it'll be like a ring again. So my wife would just be like, your face is caked in ketamine. I'd be like, Oh, oh shit. Like, I, and it was the first time I ever lied to my wife. It was a first, it was it was a whole new side of me she didn't like, and uh, she started saying things like, "If you're gonna keep doing this, like I don't know if this shit's gonna last." Like, and I, I remember being like, "Is she talking about divorcing me?" Like, what the fuck? Like, this is a span of like five months, you know? Yeah, this happened super super quick. So then I'm like you know, a cat, you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm done with this stuff. I'm really going to quit. Like, and I, and I would, 
for like a week. And then I would just go back. Like, I just, I couldn't stay away from it. And like, I knew my marriage, I'm like, I'll just have to get better about lying. Like, and then it was so messed up. Cause I, I would never, I'd never been like that. I've never been a. What's worse. Addiction sucks ass and makes you do all sorts of shitty things. Yeah. So she basically, um, caught up with my dealer and was like, you don't sell, don't sell to my husband anymore. You know, like it's going to ruin our marriage. Like, um, I'm going to leave him if you keep selling. And so he was like, yeah, dude, I'm done selling to you. So I'd been clean a couple weeks. And then this guy in our music scene, I saw him at a, a, a local, uh, uh, you know, a, a mutual friend's house. And he was like, saw me at a fire at, I think it was my birthday weekend. And he's like, Hey, he's like, I got, I got like two ounces of ketamine. If you don't even look in, I was like, Oh no, what the fuck dude? And like, so I didn't get any of him that night, but like the next day I hit him up and was like, Hey man, can I get some of that? Like, so that was like my last week of doing it. So like literally that whole week, uh, until I went to detox, like I, I hit him up like Sunday night, bought an eight ball, Monday, bought an eight ball, Tuesday, bought an eight ball. And I think Wednesday they put me in detox. So like an eight ball is three and a half grams. So that's a lot of ketamine when most people do like a 10th of a gram, little lines at a time. You know, I was just like, I'm sure your tolerance is jacked up too. Obviously my tolerance, Yeah. My tolerance is huge. So <clears throat> I'm at work and I, I just picked up from him and I'm like doing it at work. Like, I, I don't know. We had to wear masks through COVID. So I'm like trying to hide it from my manager. Who's like, not a stupid dude. He kind of, he grew up ghetto. He knows all about drug use and stuff. And uh, I get a call from like a bunch of my friends all like on the same line together. Like, Hey man, it's Mike. So like, and, and, and Kat and, and Aaron. And then like, like uh, we're going to pick you up from work, man. You're, you're going to, you're going to go into detox tonight. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, I'm like, all right. Like I didn't really fight it at all. You know? And they, they picked me up from the job site and uh, they brought me home and gave me like an intervention, which was kind of useless because <clears throat> as they're going around the room, I'm like, they're like, will you please go to detox? I'm like, yes. Like, I'm not fighting this at all, you know, but they yeah. still want to go around the room and say their piece, you know. But that just means rehab, right? Detox, rehab, same thing. Yeah, it's basically same. rehab can be a little longer. Sometimes a detox can just be like, you know, five or seven days you know, to detoxify you until you're actually good enough to go into a rehabilitation system, which can be like 90 days. But with professionals, not by yourself, obviously. Right. They're both with professional detox can be like, we're medically going to detoxify you off what you're on. So you can like go to do your next step, you know? So, um, they, now the next thing was trying to find me a, a center because I'd really bad a multi-plan PPO, terrible health insurance. And um, so my friend, like, Kat's like, I'm just worried if we don't find a place to bring you tonight that you won't go. And I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? You want me to go to the emergency room and, and like, put myself in tonight if, if I can't? She's like, would you? I'm like, I will if that's what you want me to. And she's like, yeah, I actually would. So I was like, all right, well, if you don't find a place by nine o'clock tonight, I'll go to the emergency room. So they ended up finding a place. It was called Sunrise Detox. It was like, it was out near like Sturbridge or Worcester. So, you know, like pretty far away, but it was just like intervention. They're like, yeah, there's like an Uber is going to pick you up in like 40 minutes to bring you. So I was like packing all my stuff. And At this point, were you feeling good, bad? I mean, mixed i was when my friend picked me up um i was honestly just gonna bring what i had of ketamine to like uh, just blast through what i had left and then like deal with detox you know but when my friend picked me up in the car i'm like i'm like fuck it. if i'm going to detox I'm, I'm doing this right now like in front of you so like he's like oh can i see that and he took my bag and like threw it out the car window so I was like pretty pissed, you know, because like I'm an addict. I'm like super addict, and I know I'm going to detox and all this stuff. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah. I mean, I was still kind of messed up, like when it when they told me like they found a place. But when I packed my bags and when I was sitting on the like the front porch with my bags packed and like the car pulled up, I'm like, shit. I'm like, what the fuck's happened to my life? You know, like, and. You know, I went, I, I felt, I took like five shots 
of some like really good Irish whiskey, you know, that's kind of, I guess what people do before they go to detox and just like, well, screw it. I'm, I'm doing everything I can before I go, you know, last hurrah, uh, last hurrah. Exactly. So when I got there, I, uh, I fell asleep in the, in the cab or Uber, or whatever it was when I got there, I could not find the entrance to the place. I'm like calling the place. I'm like, I'm here. And they're like, yeah, you don't see this door. You're with this light over it and a ramp. I'm like, no. And I like walk around the whole building and everything. Turns out I was at like a different building or something. Had to like walk a little bit. I finally get in and like, I was gonna, I was gonna try to hide my vape, like my oil pen, Mm -hmm. try to bring it in with me. But they ended up finding that and taking that for me. And, uh, and then that was like the last, the last thing, but they honestly give you a lot of, a lot of drugs in there. Like it's, it's weird when you go to take your meds every, like you take meds like morning, noon and night. And when you go to the little nurse's station, like you want a call out pin, you want a muscle relaxer, you want this? You're like, sure. I'll take everything. Like, but yeah. I mean, because I'm sure depending on what you're on, I don't know if this one's specifically for ketamine, but a lot of the withdrawals can be pretty, pretty miserable. Yeah. So I don't know, like, for example, I've struggled with Xanax and some other things, uh, alcohol. And so I know I've had some pretty bad reactions to stopping that type of shit, cold turkey. So I imagine ketamine's got similar issues when you when you pump the brakes really hard. Well, yeah. Plus, when they did a blood test in the hospital, I had opiates and fentanyl in my system. Oh, shit. That's getting everywhere, right? From from the ketamine I was getting from this guy. I was getting it from, you know. So, yeah. It's good that you stopped when you did because that shit is no joke. So I get through. It turns out to be a it was supposed to be a seven day detox, but because we had to pay out of pocket. It ends up we have to do it in five because we couldn't afford the seven days. So I do the five day detox. Uh, I get out and I find out I have COVID the day I get out. So I decide to ride my bike to my dealer's house to get some ketamine to ride out the COVID. Uh, I I don't tell him I have COVID because he's obviously a big stay the fuck away from me. I ride my bike. And at this point, my wife has a tracking device, an app that tracks me, which I agree to. So I'm like, I'm just going to go for a bike ride. She's like, but you have COVID. I'm like, I know, but I just, I'll be by myself. I just want to get out and exercise, which I could barely breathe because I had COVID. Mm-hmm. And so I, I ride to East Boston, like through Everett, like the shittiest bike ride you'd ever see. Right. Go to his house, pick up like uh, three and a half grams from him. I'm riding back. I'm on some bridge. And uh, one of my friends calls me and like, Hey, they're like, I'm going to call this guy Frank. Cause I don't want to say his name. Sure. They're like, hey, did you just go to Frank's house? I'm like, yeah. They're like, did you just buy some ketamine? And I was, I was like, yeah. Like, oh, like, okay. I'm like, how would you possibly know? I got so freaked out, right? Mm-hmm. Granted, as soon as I bought it from him, I did like a little bump of it and then got on my bike, was riding back, and I'm on this bridge now. So I got so freaked out that I'm like, I thought like drones were watching me. I was so paranoid. That I freaking threw it off the bridge into whatever river was right there, whatever I had. And then I got home and Kat's like, where'd you go on your bike ride? I'm like, I just took a ride to, she's like, why would you ride to East Boston? Isn't that right where your dealer lives? I'm like, Kat, I didn't go to, like, I tried to, and she just totally called me out. So that was the last time I did it, April 3rd. Did he, did he get COVID? Did Frank get COVID? No. Well, that's good. No, I was super like quick with him and I had a mask on and everything. Cause like, I'm like, Oh, I'm just being safe. I might've been exposed to someone. He's like, that's fine. I'm like, all right, gotta go. You know, like I didn't want to give it to him. And it was the last time I saw him last time I did it. And, uh, yeah, I just hit seven months on, uh, the third of this month. Congrats, dude. But it's, uh, that's not easy. No, it was, I mean, it gets easier every day, but sometimes and I am on six medications now because, you know, bipolar, ADHD, depression and anxiety. What I have a lot of diagnosis, but, you know, it's it's a better than the alternative. You know, it just sucks that it got to that point that I felt like I had to to do that to get by, you know. Yeah. Plus, I mean, even when you go and get prescribed stuff, it's not even a sure thing. You know, you got to try all sorts of 
Shit, or at least for me, I've I've had mixed results with with all sorts of stuff. So yeah, uh, you know, it was a pretty life changing year. I got COVID twice actually. Oh shit, you went double dipping. I only had it the one time. I got COVID uh, right when I got a detox, and then I got vaccinated, and I got it um, once more, like two months ago. How was it for you? Um, so it was November 2020, about a year ago, um, and couldn't taste, couldn't smell, made a whole Thanksgiving dinner. We couldn't taste any of it. It was, I mean, thankfully I didn't cook most of it, so I was less, uh, upset, but yeah, it was, uh, it was not great, but thankfully didn't give it to anybody. Just hold up in the house for whatever. 14 plus days to make sure everything was legit. Thankfully, it wasn't too bad in terms of uh, getting sick or anything. It was really the taste smell thing. Otherwise, if I didn't experience that, I would have thought it was just a minor cold thing because I got lucky. I haven't treated my body well enough to to have that type of reaction, but yeah, uh, thankfully it wasn't too bad. Then I got vaccinated and since I haven't had any uh, issues, but I mean, who knows? Shit's uh, crazy and especially... It depends on how many people you're around or where you are in the world. I know Massachusetts is a bit more strict. Where I'm at is not very strict at all. So, um, you know, and I did a road trip around the U.S. So it was interesting to see all the different types of restrictions versus not. Right. Some places like they literally. You're you're in Missouri. You're in Missouri, right? uh, Border. I'm in Kansas, but I'm in Kansas. So near Kansas City, which most people don't realize what's the difference between the two Kansas cities, but it's like, if you had a circle and split it in half and half was in one state, half was in the other. Uh, so I'm on the Kansas side, but, uh, but I always thought they're two totally separate cities, not even touching each other. So I, I just thought they were like, you know, like most states have a Springfield or whatever. I just thought, Oh, they randomly have two Kansas cities, but the Kansas city, Missouri side is uh is a bit more happening or people tend to like that side more but I'm like five miles from the border so yeah but I have a car I can't even really drive I gotta get rid of it and get a new one total no I told my old one the failure mobile that one got legitimately totaled the one with the license plate uh then I took a so someone I met said hey if you drive with me I have to drive back to Seattle. This is from Kansas city. So it's like, um, I don't know, 1800 miles or something, 30 hours. Um, and they were like, Hey, if you help me drive back to Seattle, I'll sell you my car for like 450 bucks or something. I was like, okay, awesome. That sounds dope. Cause Great. I don't mind driving, but then I got there and I had known before, it's not like it was a surprise, but I didn't realize how much I would be awful at driving a manual transmission. So I've never owned a stick in my life. <laughs> oh, Benny, that's all I drive, baby. <laughs> Dude, I drove 1800 miles back to Kansas City. I stalled in front of everybody and their mother. I was terrified every moment of that trip. <laughs> well, maybe it had a shitty clutch. Like it's possible, but I don't even know what a good clutch feels like. I'm saying I had like a 15 minute literal crash course. A, and then... a good clutch. You should literally in first gear be able to ease off the clutch and not have to give it any gas. And it's just start rolling forward. That might be true. My point was, I didn't even know what I was doing. Like, you know, the, the Charleston, I don't know. I was doing dance moves to try to figure out how to uh, Jimmy jam my way through. <laughs> Anytime there was a, I had to get gas and pull off and it was uphill towards the gas. It's like, Oh man, hopefully there's no cars. Cause I do not want to stop at the stop sign. Uh, Cause literally probably over, over a hundred times I stalled for sure. What, what about a light, light, especially with a light on a hill? Oh, well, those were bad. But there was a there was also a part of the highway that I went through. There was like stop and go traffic for like two miles. They took everybody off the highway back on. And I was like, literally, my legs were going nuts because <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. I was stalling to restarting the car. It was just uh, a shit show. So I'm scared to even drive it uh, here. So I got to get rid of it and get an automatic. That's for sure. Because I can't. Uh, what year is it? 2007. Dude, just learn how to drive it better. You, no, gonna, you no. failed it. You failed at driving a standard. No, I mean, I made it all the way back 
you know, didn't get in any accidents, stalled a trillion times, but uh, but figured it out for the most part. It was just uh, the most terrifying drive of my life. So that's all I drive. That's what I grew up driving. That's what I learned on. Well, I did not. So it was a it was um, new to me. And also, yeah, it's a very unique car. Um, it's only like a five and some of them, the first two feel like they're useless uh, for the most part. They're like one to two is not a what gears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm saying I so I don't even know, and then I max out my speed because I'm and I'm doing and I'm doing it at the wrong time too. So I'm like RPMs out the roof uh, when I'm switching. What I don't know anything, so I'm literally just no. You just switch at like four thousand RPMs, like dude. I don't even know the first thing. I barely knew how to what to push down when, and you know what I mean. So I was like, did you ever smell your? Did you ever smell your clutch? No, no. I think I did pretty good. Like burn it. I knew the I knew the rules around the clutch and the uh like one to use it, one not to. What I didn't understand, still don't, how to not stall all the time, always. You know, like the the give and take of the two is uh is a mystery to me. And but you I, can only you can only stall in first and reverse. Yep. <laughs> I agree. I agree with that. Highway was nice. <laughs> Third gear and up, I was uh, I was a champ. I, I could, you know, it might sound like shit and be like RPMing up out the ass, but still, you know, it's too funny. But for such a cheap amount of money, especially since I just uh, totaled my car and it was pretty low on funds, it was it was definitely worth it. And so now I'm just gonna get rid of it. But it's I think I got a jump starter because I haven't been driving it that much. Well, the good thing is with the standard is you don't have to jump start it. If you get it on a hill, you can pop the clutch. It won't start. It just goes click, 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 click. Right I now. know you can pop the clutch <laughs> and it will turn it over. If you if you get a couple guys to push it, you're not speaking my language. In for, all right, you have it in the on. You have the key in the on position, right? Yeah. You have your foot. You have it in first gear. You have your foot on the clutch. You get two or three people to push it. And when it's going maybe 10, 15 miles per hour, you take your foot off the clutch and the car is going to start right up. Okay. When I started, am I supposed to be in neutral? Yes. Unless you're, if your foot's on the clutch, it doesn't matter. But if you take your foot off the clutch and it's in first. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to cut most of this out, by the way. But <laughs> if it's clicking, if it's clicking, the, the battery's probably dead. Uh, yeah. So I think figured. So I was going to jump start it. You said I didn't need to. But I'm going to jumpstart it because I don't know much else. And then I'm going to terrifyingly drive to a place to get inspected this weekend. But um, even driving across town is, uh, I, I mean, I drove 1,800 miles. You'd think I could drive across town. But just the embarrassment at every uphill, anything, light, uh, not knowing what's going to happen. Just act blind. And then, you know. That makes sense. Blind driver, watch out. Hello. <laughs> I can't see you anyways. Hello. <laughs> Jerry, hello. Yeah. Stalling out, restarting it, yelling hello, I'm blind. That all that'll I still stall. I still stall all the time. I don't give a shit. Like that's not my life. I don't want that life. I like the life where it just goes, you know, and I don't have to worry about it. And even But you're the failure guy. You should be should be like just failing at driving standard. <laughs> I did, yeah. I failed it. I say fail till you nail it, but I don't want to nail it. I don't even. There's no need, you know. It's like a. It's a great tagline, by the way. Me and me and Cat were uh, talking about how great that is. Well, I appreciate. it. I can't fake it, right? And or make it, <laughs> but I can fuck up enough until I uh, get better at things. But literally, though, you can hack it till you crack it. The car thing is just too much anxiety for me. I can't even. Um, if it's giving, yeah, you should get a new car if it's giving you anxiety. Oh, yeah. it. I mean. The car is supposed to be like a happy place when you can like cruise. Yeah. And be happy. Yeah. So I'm going to definitely trade it for. It seems like you're getting that on the highway at least. I'm going to get a shit box for sure, but it's going to be an automatic shit box. You know. So if you're uh, doing pot, what, what are you doing for income? Great question. Um, trying to get my own business to work successfully. Also, I should put an ad. Excel. Yep. I should put an ad on this thing because 
I don't have any ads and I have a business. I could easily advertise, but hey, promote it. Well, Time for a little plug right now. You know, I will avoid the plug for the moment just to say that like money and creativity for me, when when I got something creative going on, I don't like to put money into it because then, you know, kind of not that putting an ad on here would be not, but then I got to come up with what an ad would be like. Wait, I'm not getting paid for this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you take PayPal credit? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I take it. I don't. I, I can't use it anymore. Nah, neither of us are getting paid for this. So to be clear, uh, I'm not going to go negative <laughs> just to promote. I was going to get some uh, pork fried rice delivered, table two. Exactly. That? I do, but only vaguely. I remember so many vague memories <laughs> from our childhood that I don't even we had changed we had changed the intro recording on my computer. You did. I wasn't oh, texting me enough I forgot. To, to change it back to much to my parents' dismay. The startup uh sound or whatever. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, it was the startups instead of you know doing making the startup sound, it was like uh you know, puck my rice ready, table two. And then it was like, why you don't love me in my time of need? Like some <laughs> stupid stuff we did when we were young. And my stepmom was like, Joey, why is it doing this? Why can't we change it? Can't your friend change it back? And she just, you know, we could, you know, we never changed it back. And I remember years later turning on the table and it was just like, like why you don't love me in my time of need? <laughs> Pop that right, Betty, table two. Like, so racially you know disrespectful <laughs> it's like i don't know what we were thinking or why we did that but remember we made aluminum foil pipe and smoked tea out of it i do i do that was ridiculous because it was tea firstly secondly uh we don't know how to make pipes out of aluminum foil no i believe we used the pen a socket or maybe that was the evolved pipe from there i took a pen I think our first one was literally, literally just aluminum foil wrapped into the shape of a pipe. <laughs> Maybe it didn't work. The best was I used to smoke leads when I was younger, just leads like you'd get in your yard <laughs> and wrapped in post-its. It was the sad, weirdest thing in the world. And Melinda, when I, when I. Like a joint for a joint paper was post-its. When I first moved from Connecticut to Salem, Mass., uh, I think they were just like loose in my dresser or something. And Melinda, Melinda found them and she's like, you know, my stepmother, it's a little backstory, Melinda, my evil stepmother, who um, I was like horrified that I had to go move in with my super religious father and, you know, evil stepmother. And she's like, Joey, we found something in your dresser we think it's marijuana and i'm like those are leaves from my yard and she's like well we're gonna send it off to a lab and have it analyzed i'm like go right ahead you're gonna feel like an idiot when you get those results we were addicts before we were even addicts and we didn't even know what we were doing or why all right no low it's all um you might have to edit that out keep it in people life stuff you know I'll edit all sorts of shit. I always edit stuff out, so don't worry about it. Most of the most of our manual transmission shit will be edited out because people don't need to hear me and you talk about starting my car that much. I want to hear that. But yeah, no, I edit shit all the time. And I have I have you and me on separate audio tracks. So I can if we're interrupting each other, I just move shit around, you know? So it's all good in the hood. Um there's always two questions near the end, but I don't know when we want to end. So let's do a little BG on, uh, on, I feel like we didn't give you any pump up. We only talked about the bad beef was the pump up, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take yeah. It. So what are you proud of? Are you, are you happy now that you're less of an addict? I don't know. I mean, I do beautiful work at my company. I'm a great person. I do great. I have a great life, man. I'm, all about live music. I go see one of them. I'm gonna go see some later tonight. Um, go see some Barely Dead, which is Grateful Dead, one of the best Grateful Dead cover bands, in, you know, out of Boston. Um, 
we uh we love cooking seeing friends um making music me and my wife are in a band we, one great thing that came out of covid was we started playing the ukuleles together huh. um and we are in a band called the Yuka Lovers, which is just me and Kat. And we've had a couple, we've had a couple paying huh? Tukaleles? Tukaleles. I like that. Um, I just hope it doesn't make people pukalele. Oh, well. <laughs> if it does, I think that's a reaction that like I'd be proud of. Um, but yeah, we we've had a couple paying gigs. We've had two paying gigs recently. Mm-hmm. And it's just like covers, you know, Beatles. We do some Monsters of Men and uh, John Prine and uh, U2 and you know, a whole bunch of different stuff. I do some Zeppelin. Nice. I'd love to play. I can always play at the end of my podcast if you want me to. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's definitely how we should end it. If it's all tuned up, at least, and ready to go. Okay. Um but yeah, so I'm I'm very I don't you know I I'm uh, really just honing my skill and hoping to uh you know I have I do some side work and I have some devoted customers hoping to at some point you know down the line be able to go off and do my own thing. It's just it's such a has, hassle. Um, I see my boss and a lot of business owners just never have time to do anything for themselves, and I don't know people. I think that. You know, the old school mentality is like, when are you going to buy a home? Why don't you own your own business? It's like, Kat doesn't want to own her own art. My, you know, my wife's an architect and she doesn't want to own her own architect firm because it's a lot of work. And there's so much administrative bullshit that goes along with owning a business. It sucks. Yeah. And it's small businesses in, in Boston and Massachusetts, like, kind of get the shaft. Like, yeah. There really isn't a great environment to to work. Like, if I do have my own thing, like, we really want to like build a badass like treehouse, maybe up in Maine, outside Portland. That's kind of like our goal. Um, you guys want to go off the grid a little bit, right? Not super off the grid. I'd almost we want to build like a maybe a couple like a bunch of them, and then maybe like Airbnb and while we like travel the country. That sounds dope. Yeah, so we're kind of looking into maybe like getting like a tran outfitting like a transit or like a van or something. We could just like minimize our belongings and i was so close to getting an rv like i told the guy i was going to put a down payment on it but then yeah stuff fell through or whatever but uh that would be super awesome you know i said rvs you're getting like eight to ten miles again can you hear me yeah i can uh yeah that's true so they get really bad mileage but they're so cool. They're so, I guess you could outfit a van pretty damn dopely though. Especially, you know how to do things with your hands. Handyman. I'm not. I do. Um, I would struggle to even, oh, she could architect it. You could build some shit. I would just stand there and go, what do I do with this van now? And then call you up and say, can you come help me? Well, it's basic. You need a bed. You need you know storage for clothes and you probably want to insulate it so that's the first things you do yeah that makes sense then a bathroom potentially a bathroom can really just be like a five gallon bucket for now with a toilet seat that's what i use now anyways yeah that's why i use my house i prefer the the yeah we took the toilet out put a bucket in put a hole in the bucket so it goes down to the same pipe you know i have a bidet and i'll never look back uh i we have a bidet and there's not been a bidet that i've used it yet i haven't even tried it so you're saying i should do it i should take the plunge hey it's better bidet than bidaro yeah (laughs) it didn't didn't work but i liked it i like to try i wanted to start a company because just installing them because people are so stupid they literally come with a a little water line like a little y thing and I bought one before and I didn't never installed it. So yeah, I'm one of those stupid people who. Right. So, uh, but, but this one is already installed. And so I'm not even, I don't even need to do that. Today or tomorrow. I just need like, uh, I need to, I don't know, man. Just do it. All you do is shut off the water. Man up. There's a little valve to shut off your water. No, it's already installed. It already works. Oh, you haven't used it yet. Yeah. You haven't sprayed your butthole with it yet. Nope. 
still a bidet virgin unless i've used one in like uh in like china or something so let, let me let me give you some advice here let me give you some advice here give it to everybody not just me everyone listening if you haven't used a bidet first flush the toilet first and then use it because the water is going to be at half pressure because it's going to be filling the tank now you're going to want to just crack the nozzle a little bit because it starts you know there's a good amount of pressure so if you turn it all the way it's going to be like a super soaker pumped 50 times aim straight at nozzle. how do you aim it aims? there's actually two nozzles on most of them there's two nozzles on most of them one's the pressure and one's like aims it like this so it'll be like ball it'll be like balls balls asshole gotcha and you want to not be the balls right ideally a ball day you can hit the back of your balls if you want to uh well some of the listeners don't have balls but either way but i have the toilet water to clean that because they're already dipping in there baby so you don't need to use any toilet paper or what is there still a, a toilet paper use a little to to dry off you know i was gonna say yeah you're got a wet ass otherwise yeah but it's like i like the analogy like if you got shit on your arm you want to just take some dry toilet paper and wipe it and be like that's oh, clean well, I like wet wet wipes. I know they're a plumber's nightmare, but flushable wipes. Not flushable ones, there shouldn't be. They shouldn't. I agree. If they say flushable, I think I'm off off the hook. You know? You want to hear a funny plumbing story? Yeah. I heard recently. Plumbing. This guy uh I know who does septics. Uh they they usually crush up the old set. They pump the old septic till it's empty and they crush it with an excavator and put it in a dump truck and haul it away. So mm-hmm. the homeowner was sit, sitting outside, like standing outside drinking his coffee, watching them crush up the old one. And he's like, what the hell are all those balloons in there? And the guy's like, those aren't balloons. Those are condoms. He's like, me and my wife don't use condoms. He found out his wife was cheating on him. Wow. And because there's only one, that was their one tank. I mean, there's not a shared. Uh, they they were like the first owners. They built the house together. Oh, yikes. So, yeah, the wife got home from zumba class or something he's like honey <laughs> found all your balloons <laughs> i doubt zumba classes with zumba you know more like bazumba right you know? bazumba <laughs> but i didn't even know how toilets worked i didn't even understand the just the gravity situation i was listening to that dude yeah like everything's pitched buddy i don't think when it comes to anything remotely handyman, I just black out and I just I have no clue because I think you remember my stepdad, Scott, growing up. Of He's course. Uh, yeah. He made me feel like I didn't have common sense when it came to shit like that. So then it's like I just have like a physical revulsion to learning about anything manly or whatever. A bastard. You belittled you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But. And you had no right to know that stuff at a young age. You have to be taught that stuff. Who the fuck knows how anything like that? Who knows how life works? Nobody, even Nobody. at any age. No. Right? I, I only know how plumbing works. I mean, I know it has to be pitched or it would just sit in the pipe, but I worked for a drainage company, so I know most stuff is... I meant, I didn't even get that the how the, the stuff in the tank... And just it going away. Nothing to do with with it going down pipes. Don't even think about the pipes yet. Well, valve opens up, water comes yeah, down. I saw it from the inside when I'd have to fix it and not jimmy the thing and move the thing around with a balloon or whatever until it worked. But I did not know why it worked until you know, I there's probably... a wax, there's a wax seal under your toilet that goes to a big hole in the ground that goes down to the pipe. No, it makes sense. And then I think when I found out how water towers worked is when I started to click. I was like, why the fuck are we putting water up in these big ass towers? I don't even know how water towers work. Same thing. I mean, gravity making it water pressure with gravity. Well, we have to pump the water up in there. Yeah. Good point. Then you don't use uh, gravity. You use the opposite power, I imagine, to fill it. I don't know. Maybe dude all i all i got to was how it comes out of it <laughs> i got that much i mean we figured out how to harness power i know that much and maybe back in the day they used like buckets and filled it up i don't know i mean remember the water wheel that was an invention yeah remember that one 
Well, hold, hold on. I'm going to get my uke real quick. Well, Ben. Before we get to the uke, though, we, we can't. We're going to end on the uke. We're going to end on a high uke, high note. Uh, so. There's two more. There's two questions. I know I really haven't had any real questions yet, but uh, there's two that are more forward looking. So before we get to that, is there anything on failure or the importance of failure or anything about failure that you want to mention before we get to like moving forward? I mean, I failed most of my life and it's got me to where I am today. So I would say for people to not look at their failures as negatives, but where they brought them to today. And I mean, I've failed at most, most careers I've tried besides carpentry. And I went to school for collision repair and failed at that. But I feel like that was more or less my teachers failing us by teaching us outdated methods that real body shops didn't use in the, the real world. So we were kind of set up for failure. Um, yeah, I'm amazed. Uh, undergrad, I got my master's, my MBA, and had maybe one Excel class, half an Excel class, and like 99% of what I did in my job was Excel. So I was like pretty pissed off with my education and how much it applied. That's why I did the, my own business, which is ExcelExposure.com. If anyone wants to check it out, feel free. But yeah, uh, I think the education system in general sucks because you end up owing a bunch of money and not necessarily learning what you would learn on the job. There's obviously good things that come from learning some of it, but they could do a much better job. Even sucks down to like the elementary school. Like they're just don't, not teaching kids stuff that's practical and what they need to learn, like what they need to get through life, you know? Yeah, or making kids interested in even wanting to learn it. I know I loved chemistry in high school, but only because I had the funniest teacher and he was awesome. Like uh, if you don't have good teachers and we don't pay teachers well, so it makes sense that we don't have good teachers, but otherwise, yeah, you got to get the kids to want to learn. I mean, to right. Just, yeah, I'm excited to get in there. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, being a guest on the show, you get a get out of fail free card, which is similar to the monopoly card. And you can use it to pursue a career, hobby, interest, whatever, uh, something that might have a lot of failure baked into it. And you won't fail if you use this card. So I'm going to fake hand it to you. And it's also fake. It's uh, an empty hand. <laughs> so uh, what would you use? Oh, wow. Uh, what would you use that get out of fail free card for? Um. <clears throat> I would pursue my sticky Joe food truck idea where I make um, what I call a sticky Joe, which is I just take uh, I, but I butter skillet and I shave cheddar and I put cheddar right on the skillet and then I crack an egg and I put the egg next to it. And then when the egg whites basically cooked, I flip it on to the like frying cheddar. And then when the egg whites basically all the way cooked, I just flip it over and serve that. And I feel like if I did that with different combinations, avocado, salsa and stuff, throw it on some pita or something. That's probably what I take. That's probably what I try with that. That sounds awesome. I've seen all sorts of cool food trucks like this peanut butter and jelly food trucks. There's like all sorts of them. So I think the branding might need a little help because sticky Joe, it sounds like a pot sticker or something or like something that's not as appetizing as what you described, which sounds pretty good. Or I might really invest in my idea, which is um, sending my leftover bacon fat to South America. Cause I know they, they have, they're very, uh, their meals are lacking in fat and nutrients. So Someone was telling me this. I'm like, well, I always have leftover bacon fat. And uh, I'd be willing to put that into um, some sort of receptacle and, and getting it down to South America. It's 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 my my <laughs> fat for the needy idea. <laughs> um, you have to eat more bacon in order to make more money, I guess. Right. Or my doctors without diplomas. What about the treehouse thing? We could also say that, too. I mean, you can do that. 
Yeah, I mean that's probably more realistic. Could be in bed and breakfast, and the breakfast could be Sticky Joe's. Ooh, but then I'm a slave to cooking every day. Isn't that what Sticky Joe is? I'm just like short order cook now in a treehouse. Is that my dream? Well, you were in a food truck before. Uh, you chose that. <laughs> you can hire someone else teach them how to, how to cook a Joe. My my biggest failure is. Uh, failing at not picking a consistent career my whole life that's why i just go back to what i know buddy and what do you know carpentry oh and food. it pays it pays well <laughs> i mean you haven't gotten paid for food yet but it seems like you have food related uh goals i i love i love well i just love cooking i don't know if maybe doing it professionally would might ruin it you know that's what i'm saying with the creativity and the money thing or like when you take a hobby and you add money it's a job right. a job it is like you love doing this podcast but does does it ever feel like work to you now editing definitely does because it's such a pain in the ass to listen to your own voice and also fix it all up but i could talk forever that's why i have like 20 interviews that i haven't yet edited that's the easy part uh, but I'm never upset with it. It's just more like uh, it takes me away from the thing I should be doing, which is the thing that will make me money. So it's like what I call active procrastination, which is like I feel like I'm doing something, but I'm really just procrastinating on the things that I don't want to do. You know, my my boss, Rafi, always says uh, there is no failures. There's just opportunities to learn and to get better. Like, um. Which I think is just a load of horse shit you tell people to make them feel better about fucking up. But well, what I like to say is that there's well, I mean, I, I think I'd agree with your boss. What was name, Raffy? <laughs> no, I wanted that to start off as motivational and then end as like wicked negative. <laughs> um, it was a joke. But I I uh I mean, yeah, man, you have you have to look at it like this way, like f- the failure is the fate of your destiny, like you wouldn't be where you are today if it wasn't for every little thing you failed or succeeded at. Like, yeah. But the point um, I think, and uh, I'm not speaking as someone who's been successful, but I do know that everybody I've ever learned about who's been successful has had failures. Usually many of them. Of course. So I view it as a requirement towards getting successful. And so being more comfortable with failure is, is something that uh, I decided i needed to do so that's kind of why i started the whole thing but the point isn't to fail the point is not to not succeed you know but it's to just get more comfortable with stepping outside of your comfort zone and really not caring if things or like not wrapping up your own self-worth into how things do you know not letting a little failure break you and ruin your life yeah or think it's a judgment on you or your ability to possibly not fail right i concur so, but the next question is, what are you going to fail at next? <laughs> Probably uh, procreating. Having a kid. Yes. Nice. I think that's, uh might be the next move. Well. Failing at having a kid or failing at raising the kid? Well, I hope I can make one. I hope I don't fail at either if we do want to have one, but this seems to be the next, the next step that i'm uh waffling on i think we both are i feel like every three months like i don't know do you want to have a kid i don't know it seems like we meet a really cool kid or like my nephew would be really cool one day and i'm like i don't know sometimes i want a kid and then like one day he'll be a nightmare and i'm like fuck that you know like so i also have no idea Uh, so i'm the fourth so there's some mild pressure to have the fifth uh but also uh, I can barely take care of myself. So right. taking care of a human that doesn't know anything, it's a lot. It's a tall order. Plus, do I really want to be taking care of a kid during like an apocalypse? Like, look at Rick Grimes. Exactly. I don't know what that means. <laughs> you don't watch The Walking Dead? No. Um, I did for a little bit, but it, I lost interest. Uh, I read the uh, comic book series. Oh, yeah. So it was pretty dope. I did not. I have them. They're about this thick and I have two of volumes, but I think they end when like the governor comes or something. I feel like they went to the prison for sure in the comics, but there's multiple volumes. I don't know. You might have like the put out. They put all the volumes in one job. 
whereas like uh you can buy them in smaller things i I don't know who gives a shit but um we're gonna end at least with a little ukulele song so play whatever your heart desires i think you might know this one benny so you don't have to go because we do have to go but it was such a pleasure hanging out thank you for yeah. sharing everything yeah man uh i've known you a long time i'm pretty sure since i was 12 so going on that sounds right when do you start what middle school is that when we met yeah i started when i was 12 that makes sense because i was early i was like a year earlier than everyone else I remember uh, hacky sacking with Jairus, and maybe that's how we met. I remember Matt Duran uh, terrorizing us walking home one day. Oh, I probably blocked that out. I think you, I thought he was going to rob us or like, beat us up, or I don't know what. It, I don't what even remember gonna... the name because I probably blocked it all out. I was, but he could have done it for sure. We were he not going to. I, I mean, one him. against two. I, I think we probably were scared. You remember that creepy bridge underneath the train track uh, on Jefferson? Uh-huh. I think so. You could go under the bridge on, or yep. you could go over the, the steep bridge or you could go under it in that creepy tunnel. Yeah. Okay. There's a train that went under a tunnel, right? The train tracks went to the tunnel and you could go up to Doobies. Yeah. Right. Right. Or Doobies is on area. your right. And if you went right at Doobies, you, there was a creepy little tunnel to go like under the train that's where he's gonna get us yeah he, he like cornered us there i thought he did nothing happened but i thought he's gonna like mess with us i i couldn't i saved your life i killed him no <laughs> i couldn't pick him out of a lineup <laughs> of like women four women and one man i couldn't pick him out of a lineup. <laughs> <laughs> well i love you ben this was fun i love you too dude I appreciate you letting me tell my story. and I appreciate you telling the story. A lot of people probably need to hear that because it's not easy to talk about. A lot of people don't talk about addiction and like what it's like and dealing with that type of shit. So I'm glad you're on the other side of it. And I hope you stay going. Seven months is impressive. hope it continues. Thanks, buddy. I uh, hope I make my way out to uh, Kansas sometime. Or maybe you should just come out here and we'll get a roast beef. I'm going to need a roast beef soon, but I did get like a ton of roast beefs back in August. It was my grandma's 90th um, birthday. We took a train 37 hours. Funny. I didn't see you. Yeah. I didn't, uh, I didn't do a good job of making plans with people. I mainly uh, told no one. Uh, It was a surprise. Even to Nana, I showed up. uh, You surprised Nana? Yeah, we so we took the train. We had to do masks the whole time, even while we're sleeping. 
and it was 37 hours. You sleep with a mask on. It, you sleep, it's on, you wake up, it's kind of falling off, and then you push back up. Uh, Could you, I, like, kind of cheat and do it below your nose? I mean, you weren't supposed to, but uh, it depends on, you know, luck, I guess. I don't know. I, I didn't mind following all the rules. It was I just, tossed and turned so much the thing would be wrapped around my ass by the end of the night. Well, I had one of my ass anyways. It'd be a G-string. That's good. Um, <laughs> I'm going to hit stop recording. Would you like to be more efficient, productive, and confident in your work at the office? Over 750 million people worldwide use Excel, yet it's still a misunderstood and frequently misused tool. That's why I created Excel Exposure, so you can work smarter and not harder. The Excel Essentials course gives you over five hours of in-depth video lessons, plus it comes along with my master workbook, which has every function, shortcut, and all the examples to follow along. Investopedia actually included my course in their list of six best online Excel classes of 2021, saying it's best for visual learners. As someone who's an expert in failure, I can certainly teach you and your team how to avoid spreadsheet failures and create bulletproof Excel documents. Use the coupon code FAILURE for 20% off of the lifetime access price. Visit ExcelExposure.com for more information and also my existing award-winning free training. Thanks for joining me on the Failure Guy podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to tell somebody. And don't forget, always try to fail it till you nail it. Till next time.